There are far, far better things ahead than any we leave behind. C.S. Lewis. My name is Thandor, and I enjoy walking in the woods. I'm Fezzik, and I love wandering the world. And then if we find orcs, great, we'll get time. Yeah. Well, I am Corin, a gnome with anger issues who spontaneously bursts into other animal forms uh, when things annoy him. I play Stanton Hopperfield, who at this point is the Lifefoot Halfling Ranger. Hi, I'm Cherok. I try to avoid the heads of our village. My, my name is Tidius. Standing before you is a uh, seven-foot-tall centaur with a mane and a very strong upper body. It's time to go back to Wesloth with leaders and legacies. Joining us this week are Sanjay. Yes, Sanjay. Chris. Rachel. George. Seth. And DM Dave himself, Dave Rockwell. In this bonus episode, the cast talks about what's coming up in the new season and reflects on what happened during the first season. Thank you for joining us at Leaders and Legacies. So that's season one. Awesome. Uh, cool, guys. Uh, I, I enjoyed that. All right. That deserves a... Yay! Yeah, that's you know, almost two years worth of play. Um, and very little of it overly planned. A lot of it came from just those initial uh, bits. So I guess let's go around the group. Um, everybody roll me a 1D20. Uh, uh, I got a two. <laughs> I also got a two. One. I got an eight. Fourteen. <laughs> Good thing this wasn't combat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, St- Stanton or, or George, actually. Yeah, this is George we want to talk to, not Stanton. So, uh, George, you, you joined us a little bit later, and actually, Sanjay, you'll kind of get the same question so you can start mulling on this. For lack of a better system, give us some things that really excited you about this, things that you wish we had kind of done a little bit differently, and just like some things that you think, oh, this was awesome, let's continue doing that. <laughs> So kind of a modified start, start, continue with, with emotions rather than procedures. The start and the continue probably go the same thing is that the, the opportunity to, uh, to part, to, to be with all this wonderful group of people, uh, you know, doing this. I think it's been a blast. It's been something I've been looking forward to. And, you know, with, um, so the opportunity to do this and share this experience is, you know, to me, you know, what was a great part of it. Uh, I, I came in late because Dave had me come in specifically to fill a role that became an expanded character that, you know, by the end of the, by the end of the series, you know, who's become, you know, a major focus of how the story ends. Um, so it's nice to be involved in that regard. Um, so in one sense, you know, I guess one of the things I would, would love to, you know, do, and, and it's still trying to, I'm still going back now, picking up back episodes of the podcast available on many of your, most popular services, by the way, uh, and uh, you know, is you know, the interactions before they met me is you know that you know I I missed I missed being a part of that. You know, I don't get to partake of it just like the rest of you do when you listen to the podcast. Uh, but it's been a fun experience, and I think we've all been focused on the fact as as you know, scout leaders trying to you know apply the scout oath and scout law in terms of how we behave in the game and everything else like this. 
gives us a concrete example that we can show people that you you can you know play a game or you know role play a game and still live your values it's not it's not that game that's a spawn of the devil or anything else like this you know uh i think in terms of continuing but i'd like to you know like to continue this grouping together i think we've already talked about what's going to happen in season two and that the roles are going to change and everything else like this and um I know my character idea is com completely out in left fields compared to some of the other characters I've played here and elsewhere. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to stretch myself in that regard. Uh, so, again, thank you for letting me be a part of this group and how much fun I've enjoyed being with all of you. Uh, and I look forward to season two. All right. Yeah. So, you know, actually, before you know, I ask you my final question, George. So, you know, just so that we know, I'm only kidding about having every character be named Nandu in the second. Season. Oh, oh, oh! You know, Sam, I, I'm, I'm so tempted right now that make my can do, you know, and, and, you know, uh, an Elvis, an Elvis Presley like bard named Nandu Nandu Burning Love, you know. But yeah, some things are just jokes. We can't do that, guys. <laughs> what Nandu Nandu Burning Love or the Elvis Presley bard? I mean, you know, the Elvis Presley bard would be funny. What race are you going for? Oh, it's gonna be the Harrigan. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yes, absolutely, yeah. Bugs Bunny, like Bugs Bunny, Elvis Presley, Bart. Yeah, and the fact that I, the fact that I can't carry it in a bucket, I think, just adds to it. So, yeah. So, George, my final question for you before we move on to the next person, which I believe is Chris. Um, what was your favorite moment out of all of it? You know, it doesn't have to be something you were a part of. It could have been something you've heard on the podcast that you've been listening to. But what was that? What was just that that moment that's like, ah, that's yeah, that's what this is all about. Kind of pinned down in one moment is cut. Um, I think it's when we, we as a group all came together and had to go down into the Cobalt Caves and and uh, and and fight them. Um, the devourers. You fight the devourers. I mean, because yeah, I think it's one time we as a group, you know, pulled to had to pull together and uh, get things squared away in such a way to realize, in one sense, you know, the stakes were really that high. It's one thing for us to say, yeah, we've run across Talagon. We'd always powerful and everything else like this. But starting to see the effect that was going on with other people, starting to make that difference, you know, the bigger picture. And I think there are a lot of campaigns that people play in D&D or games like this where you don't get to that next level, where the stakes get higher as you become more powerful. And I think we hit that point and suddenly things became, you know, a lot of fun, but also more serious at the same time. So I... It was nice to be part of a campaign that went that far. Awesome. Cool. Um, and let's see. Uh, so, yeah, Chris, I guess that brings the questions around to you. Talk, yeah, talk to us about the, yeah, the things you enjoyed, the things you didn't enjoy, things you'd like to see more of. And uh, yeah, we'll circle back for, you know, after you answered that for your, uh, yeah, what was your fa favorite <laughs> moment? I, I, a great group of people to work with. You guys are all amazing. I, every, right, I know how to play off of each of you. Um, one of the things that um, Seth and I spoke about um, this weekend, we purposely tried to get George, you know, little spun up on things and we could see his face and we're doing it on purpose. Uh, even to Dave, let's throw some random idea out there to see how Dave's going to react to it. Um, and with a plum, everybody was awesome, right? Um, this is a great group of improv players that could roll with anything that weird comes out. Um, and that's what I enjoy. I, I think this was one of the best storytelling, shared storytelling events that I've been part of in, in a very, very long time. 
Um, my my favorite scene is probably when we introduce Tidyus, the the next the next episode after that. Not just the questions, right? But that was a tough battle that many of us almost died, right? That's that when the game became real at that point. I mean, everything that led up to there. I mean, yeah, we fought some, you know, bad people on the mountains. The angels helped us out. We fought the devourers, but we almost died to those undead. And then getting to the castle, I think that you know, I guess the mid-season is what that would have been mm-hmm. more than anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, getting to that point was a lot of fun, and I think the I think the whole game picked up steam once we got Tidius on board, um, just because it cha- it gave us our introduction to everything else that's happening. Everything else was just this may happen. Now it's real, right? That was our first taste of something real happening to us. Um, something i didn't like i don't know um i i think we all played our characters well uh, i'm going to challenge you guys in season two um take you guys out of your comfort zone um because i think it's gonna be fun like this i'm going to try to do i'm going to do exactly what dave tried to do as you know with the team but i'm going to throw some wrenches at you guys with it so um i, I would like to see this group come back I would like to see what Stanton does. Um, as as soon as he was named king, my first thing, yeah, yeah, we can make fun about him becoming king, but does it take him out of the game? The king can't ride to battle, right? It's it. This is a this is a this is a Jean Luc Picard, James T. Kirk type of situation where he shouldn't be going to battle. So I'm thinking, does George take? You know, does George become Hebon? does he play that character versus Stanton? I mean, what do we do with Stanton? Because he has much weighted, more weighted responsibilities now. Um, I am trying, Dave, so you know, to find a way to link these two worlds together from season one, season two. I don't know if that's something that you would want to consider doing for a season three. Um, And maybe not taking all the same characters, but you take, what'd you call it? Nando, Nando burning love. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, and he becomes part of the game. I don't know, but I'm working on an idea, and I haven't completely fleshed it out how to merge the two together. Yeah, when you've got some time, I mean, I know Rachel, you read Brandon Sanderson as well as you know I do, and you know he's got his Cosmere where all of his different magic worlds, um, you know, they exist in you know in the same universe or, or multiverse, uh, depending on how you want to think about it. Um, so yeah, it's entirely, um, you know, possible, um, uh, that, that we could do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll leave it up to you. Um, there, so I am one thing that I was dead set on doing for everybody is that the tree is the center still, right? So the tree of our logo is still the center of season two. So that idea will that, so I wanted to keep your logo the same, um, for that, but, um, yeah, um, you know, welcome to Faye Tales. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> um, so, uh, Rachel and uh, uh, Sanjay, you both rolled a two, right? What what's uh, what are your dexterities? <laughs> I was thinking we should just do another roll off. Um, yeah, if you want, you can roll off. Yeah. <laughs> which what do you want to do, Sanjay? Roll off or dexterity? <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, the viewer or the listeners kind of miss out on some of our um, muted facial expressions and <laughs> dancing around and <laughs> all those crazy things that we do behind the scenes and we all start giggling. 
And yeah, it's like, well, they, don't, they people... don't even know that's happening. And it's like, man, they really missed out on the fun bar. <laughs> yeah, no, if people are interested, I mean, I guess like, you know, uh, those who are, are listening would like to actually see some of the, uh, the actual play of it. Um, you know, I, I can, you know, put some select episodes up on a YouTube channel, um, <laughs> you know, for us. I don't think I have all of them because I think towards the beginning, I was trying to make sure I actually still had space in my hard drive when it was over. Um, but you know, I got lazy after a while and I think I have the vast majority of, of, uh, the actual videos to go with the audio. <laughs> um, so, uh, um, so yeah, why don't we roll off, uh, Sanjay and Rachel, no, uh, high or low, what do you want to do? Hello. All right. 15. <laughs> 1D20. Oh, oh, all right. Really not fair. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Sanjay, yeah, same, same question. I know you came in even later than, than, than George and Stanton did. Fun having you on. What are the things you enjoyed about it? Are there any things you would have done differently? growing up i was really into fantasy and everything and i did uh dungeons and dragons a little bit way way back when so th this was a chance to go back and do something that was i i really liked doing uh a long time ago and and, and refresh that so i i'm just glad and i'm happy that you guys invited me and and accepted me into the group because uh it, it was it's been a lot of fun um i you know, a, a little uncomfortable at the beginning, but uh, it's one of those things. Anytime you're uncomfortable, you're growing. So that's that's the idea. So that that's my biggest thing is I've I've enjoyed this a lot, uh, uh, and I am just thankful that I, you know it was something that uh, I was able to do. So yeah, and you rolled so awfully at the beginning, you made it so much fun. You were rolling all these ones and twos. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm sure that made it awkward too. <laughs> That's why this this role just now was awesome, right? Uh, <laughs> why else would I ask for a low roll? <laughs> You're the only person that we held in stasis for two full episodes. <laughs> so. I know. I, I came in and I was like, oh, "Wow, <laughs> this is fun." <laughs> <laughs> I make saving rolls all the time. <laughs> no, but yeah, it, your character probably was the one that showed the greatest um, growth because um, everybody else was already adventuring. You were just kind of a, uh, you know, a, a sorcerer that was hanging out in a temple and now you're a community leader. So um, yeah, that hopefully also shows one of the things that we've won out of scouting, which is to start with something simple and grow into a hardworking servant leader. Exactly. Uh, a guy got to, got to spread his wings and, and uh, it, now he, he's, uh, he's, you know, uh, rubbing shoulders with a king, right? So. <laughs> you did start off hanging out with a dragon. <laughs> so actually I want to, I can't, I, hey, Dave, can we change that a little bit? Sanjay, is that much different though? Your development as a as a as a character versus your development as a scout leader i mean you're a scout master now right so talk a little bit about that and the parallels on that well uh okay so when i started off as a scout master uh you know what i I'm, i will draw a parallel here um the way i started off as a leader uh my son 
of my older son uh, uh, joined a uh, joined as a tiger scout. Right. He came back home from his first meeting and he's like, Mr. Jarrett, he uh, said that he needed someone to help him. I said, you would. (laughs) Right. So that was my introduction to being a scout leader is. Yeah, uh, I, I am now an assistant den leader and had no idea. I was never a scout when I was young. So it, it, it was sort of throw in. And two years later, I was my own den leader uh, uh, of my younger son. Uh, go through that uh, assistant cub master. Uh, then when they cross over, um, said I was on the committee and then uh, uh, ASM and then uh Five and a half years ago, I became the scoutmaster. Also went to Wood Badge for the first time. That was awesome. The, it sort of threw me in with a, with a bunch of people that were playing at a higher level in scouting. That 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 you know that's part of it. Is anytime you grow, anytime you're you, you, anytime you want to grow, you find a group of people that are playing at a higher level, and you go there and and you do that. And that's part of it. So. Can I follow that chain of thought? Sorry, I, I put it, I'm putting on, I'm putting on training leader hat for a second. Um, you said higher leader. Do you mean at a more, a different level of leadership? Yeah, a different level. Yeah, it, at, at a higher level, essentially. Part of what uh, you're, you're looking at, uh, when, when I became Scoutmaster of the troop, um, all I really knew was how that troop worked. I knew what they did. I knew, you know, certain, uh, their traditions. And I knew that when I went to Wood Badge, I learned a whole new set of values. Uh, uh, right. And then I got to meet a whole different set of people as well who were doing things differently. And the, all, they're all scout leaders all in within the same framework but there's so much more out there that you could do and it sort of expanded the uh, my vision of scouting um it went from okay this is how it's done well at this unit and part of what i made it my mission in the unit was to start looking at how some of these other uh, units were working and start bringing that in. We didn't do ILST. That was something that I brought to the troop. Um, from the time I became Scoutmaster to last year, every one of my uh, SPLs and the SPLs were NYLT trained. It was just expected that if they weren't already trained, that they were going to go. That, that, was, that was an expect, uh, and it was something that as I talked to the scouts, I had them expect that from, from the folks that they were electing. It wasn't, hey, this is how it's going to be. It wasn't, it, but it, you're able to, it's one of those things where it, from the, it, you realize even though you're not, um, you're, you're a mentor to the scouts, you're not actually directly telling them what to do. But as you're, uh, you can affect how they behave, and you can affect their expectations by um, by how you train them and how you talk to them, and 
you can give your expectations of this is what I expect, uh, think a good leader would be, and and they take that to heart. So that's the so that's what I meant by taking to another level, right? It's um, as opposed to and it, there was nothing wrong with our troop in that you know we had we had great scouts. They were in the program. They were learning, but there was also a bunch that they were missing that was offered as a part of being a scout that they, that um, I felt that they, they should have or, or be exposed to. Chris, is that the... Yeah, right. So I think there's a lot of parallels in Sanjay as there are in his character, um, you know, and, and just the growth, right? So we look at Sanjay being a member, being a den leader, moving all the way up to Scoutmaster, and is a council level trainer now. You know that's what he didn't say. Is that Sanjay is actually everyone on this on this call is a council level trainer, um, and that's pretty cool, right? We all we'll get you, Seth. Don't Seth worry. Seth is an archery instructor. He's a he's a district level trainer. So um, and district is council. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. So I, I I just I just when you were talking, Sanjay. It's just watching, you know, watching you grow from wood badge, you know, from your participant course on to becoming a staffer, to becoming a senior staffer. It's been a pleasure to watch you grow as as a leader from, for, you know, from my eyes. And I know Dave's been there with you, too. So I, I, I think, you know, I don't think the listeners understand how much all of us work together. I know I can look at each of you and tell two or three other projects we're working on together that isn't this. Right. Um, Rachel doesn't know yet that she's going to be working on a couple of projects with me um, very shortly. Um, <laughs> shortly. Don't don't worry. <laughs> she's like, oh, no, I, well, you do with Wood Badge, right? You do. Um, the Wood Badge community is the Wood Badge community. So we do all work together. All of us are. Well, Seth hasn't been a staffer yet, but Seth just went through Wood Badge. Um, but, you know, for for each of us. We, th this is a very small community. You know, I know if I need something, I'm calling Sanjay, George, or Dave, if it's a council level training event, you know, now, now Rachel's part of that. And Seth is going to Philmont with me and watching him grow his ticket. And one of his uh, wood badge ticket items, one of his goals that he's trying to do in scouting is to bring role playing to scouts. Um, this weekend, I was hiking with some of those scouts that he's going to test this out on this summer with us when we're out in um, New Mexico. And I, I told them I couldn't be more proud of the dork fest conversations that were going on. They were playing Dungeons and Dragons as we were walking. Well, what's your DC hit class? And they're like, I don't know. I don't have my paper in front of me, right? But it was just like, it was the funniest thing. And then leaders and legacies came up all the time, right? So um, it, it was funny, yeah. So uh, can I insert one thing in here real quick, Chris? Did you hear what the t-shirt that they wanted to make for the for the trip was a uh, D20 die with 1853 written on all the squares that says nerds unite or nerds assemble. Um, That's funny. Uh, I, and I figured we could, we could probably do that, right? Well, I don't know if it'll be a 20. It'll be something where we could have 1853 as the numbers. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. Yeah. Okay. That sounds cool. So Chris, any other points about Sanjay's experience? No, it was just watching. It was, it was different than the rest of us. Right. Um, I, I think even with George, George came in a little bit later in the game and Titus came in late in the game, 
but just watching Sanjay's character really grow in the leadership of his in the leadership of his um community was pretty awesome. Oh, thank you. So um I no, I I thought Sanjay was awesome. He was a great addition to to the to Oh, he was. So <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah, Rachel, I guess that brings the same set of questions your direction. Yeah. If you want to be reminded, yeah, something you loved, something that thought could have been better, something we should continue to do and just your favorite moment. So something I loved was actually working with you guys. So most of you I met for the first time on here. <laughs> um, and I have auditory processing issues, so I don't remember things that I hear very well and so you guys were just so awesome I'd be like what happened because <laughs> somebody say that again for me <laughs> and you're just like yeah no problem blah 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 blah. um so getting to work with you guys and y'all being so flexible and just a fun group of people I think was probably like one of my favorite things something I loved um coming in <laughs> coming in as a female playing a male <laughs> and laughing every time somebody calls Fezzik a girl <laughs> I just that just makes me laugh. I'm just like, oh, I was just edit that out. <laughs> you don't know how, how many times I've had to try to find a hymn that matches the tone of voice they were using at the time. <laughs> Next time we know, like, if I ever play a different a different um, gender character, we'll just have everybody say him or her, whatever it is, you know, in the beginning, just so that you'll have it. <laughs> Um, little little post-it notes around our screen saying Fezzik is a him. Fezzik, you know. <laughs> I did for a while, like on my name tag, I was putting, you know, he, him. <laughs> it didn't work, but it's all right. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, it was, this is the Sunday evening show is like the one I kind of look forward to playing the most is just getting together with you guys. So that's something I love. Um, I don't know, something we could do better. You know, I don't know. Um I would say if it if it wasn't a podcast, I get lost like on all the battles and all the names and all that stuff. Like maybe a, a glossary <laughs> of um, terminology of, of people. But being that it was a podcast, I finally committed myself one day on my long drive to New York, and I sat there in the car and I like listened to episode after episode after episode, and I was like, oh right, yes, that's who that guy was, you know. Um, but yeah, like maybe just like as a, you know, something for the future with just if we get a whole bunch of crazy names. One reason why I have never read Jared Tolkien is because the names are just baffling and trying to keep track of the characters was baffling. Yeah, especially when you get into all those S names, the Thorons and the... They all sound the same after a while. <laughs> um, yeah, so that could be something that would be helpful is just an internal glossary of who's who. Yeah, yeah, your little yearbook would, you know, it probably wouldn't hurt too, because I think, you know, many times I had to go, what was the last episode, and go back and, you know, cut through, and poor, poor Harrington, I think we even forgot he was that, the last battle. No, we didn't, he was traveling with Tidius. Oh, that's right, yeah, so, but yeah, yeah, yeah he didn't, well, he he and um, uh, Hazash yeah, were with us, and yeah, she didn't get a send off either. Yep. But but you can record that separately. So yeah, well yeah, it's all me. So I can just talk to myself as we work our way through the battle. Um, yeah. So how about your? What was your favorite moment of all the things you've uh, either remembered playing through or just listening to and you know and and on the replay? I don't know. Gosh, I mean, because we kind of talked about this already. I don't want to say the same thing, but um, 
you know, I found it interesting that George said the battle with down in the Cobalt area was one of his favorites because I remember playing that and thinking, I have no idea who these people are. How do I know I trust them? You know, from a character perspective, right? And I found it interesting to be like, okay, we're just going to have to like, this is what I'm going to do and just hope that everything else and everybody else like sees what we're doing and they just kind of follow along, right? So go ahead, George. And that's the point is that we started to hit the, with a point the stakes were getting higher because we did not know or could not know how everybody else is going to react. You know, for the most part, a lot of campaigns, it's that small little group of people, you know who the bad guy is and you go accordingly. But we were in a situation where we did not know. We, we, you and I were in a house with a family where we didn't know whether they were going to be grateful we freed them and everything else. Like it turns out they were rather scared because they didn't know how, you know, they're afraid they got chased out of the house they regard as collaborators or everything you know so you know that's where the stakes started getting bigger and that's why i thought it was interesting go on i'm sorry no 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 you're good i you know just it just made me think about it and i was just like man i was like i just remember that whole because it took us a couple episodes like a couple sessions to get through that and i just the whole time i'm like i don't trust this sand guy i have no idea who he is <laughs> you know i was like he's kind of bossy <laughs> and um it, it was just it i wouldn't say a favorite moment but george bringing it up makes me rethink it and i was like you know it was a really weird and interesting time of play was it was a big growth point where the characters learned to trust each other um, and do different things because Seth was like Corn was changing constantly like what he was going to be and running all over the rooftops <laughs> yeah you had no idea where he was and what he was doing <laughs> can't talk to you when he's an animal form <laughs> we're just like no idea what's going on <laughs> we're just chasing this guy down the roads um yeah so I don't I wouldn't again wouldn't say it was a favorite we already talked about my favorite <laughs> which was playing with Corin, but um it was it was probably one of the most um, strangest times of play for me, I guess you could say. It was a good good growing time. I actually felt, I guess I should say, I felt like we actually played our characters. You know, sometimes you get into a game and you're level one and everybody's playing their character like it's a level 10 because their their knowledge as the player is it is you know broad and it's like dude but your character knows nothing <laughs> so i felt you know that was a good opportunity for us to actually like play our characters like we really don't know a whole lot we're just trying to figure this thing out yeah and if anybody wants to go back and listen to them these are episodes 19 and 20 and the cupboards were bare i think is where you guys discover the devourer and fill us with the light. You get a prayer from Thandor that you know, leads into this gigantic battle, which I do think it was one of my favorite battles because you all did collaborate. And you know, literally, it's like, oh, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna boost so and so up. And the fact that you all were working together, it's like Stanton was trying to climb a wall to get up to the roof, and I was like, I'm just in bare form. I'm just gonna lift Fezzik up. I mean, the roof's only what twelve feet tall. <laughs> yeah, they were co cobalt uh, homes, so yeah, no, those, yeah, that, those, those were pretty, yeah, pretty. It, it was, it was good. You guys really did. I think that's where you connected and and really started playing as a unit. Sanji, did we get your favorite moment, or did we uh, gloss over that? My favorite moment was the relief when I was no longer in stasis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and you got the yeah, you know, you you uh, you got the yeah, you got to yeah to have some fun moments with a fireball. I think uh, shortly thereafter. Yes, and then <laughs> and then and then later I uh, got to got to use the awesome fireball a few yeah. times. So that was great. After narrow <laughs> escaping Corin's wrath. Um, yeah, so uh, Corin, I guess that that's a good transition to you. Um, yeah, same questions for you. Uh, you know, how, yeah, you have to how give him a moment to catch his breath because he was drinking something when Sanjay was talking, and he nearly he nearly um, choked in his own water. Give him a moment. So. My my favorite part of this and probably the most growing part of this, um, I know throughout this entire season, we've talked about the fact that I modeled Corin after my son and after a couple other scouts that I know that are like that. Uh, I'd be lying if you obviously can't tell that it's also partially modeled after how I was when I was that age. Um, but... When I joined this group, I mean, I look around and granted, I had played a little bit with George and with Chris and with uh, Dave as well at the beginning, but I'd never met Rachel. Um, and I look around at the group and seeing scoutmasters and district leaders and district commissioners and uh, wood, wood badge instructors. And I, I am an assistant cub master. Um, my job entailed whatever the scoutmaster or the cub master didn't have time for. Uh, I'm a filler leader. I will be honest. I'm, I personally know I am not organized enough to be a district leader. Uh, so I know my limits. So when I got on this game, A, I get camera shy. B, I get very nervous with the presence that I'm surrounded in. Uh, the knowledge that you guys have to impart on all the people uh, made me a little jittery. So when I signed up to play Corin, the ADHD poster child for crazed gnomish druids um i didn't know how that was going to be received uh, i i knew you guys would be cool with it and like play with it but i was wondering if his antics at some point in time would get frustrating or you'd be kind of like okay enough enough play him like a normal druid now and i was kind of after I would actually say right about the time we were going into the Kobold hole, not to keep circling back to that, was when I kind of realized I knew Chris would never call me out on it. And Rachel was playing along with how Corin was acting. And George was doing the tolerant father routine very well. And then Sanjay came into the mix and started to see how crazy Corin was and was playing along with it. It's like, okay, I can actually be cool and be the little insane ball of energy that Corin is. Um, but I would honestly say there are two moments that stuck out for me, um, because throughout 90% of this entire campaign, Corin's pretty happy-go-lucky. He's cool hanging around, as long as Fezzik's right there and he knows he can, like, latch on to him, he's fine, everything is good, um, and I think I've talked about this before, but the moment you put him in prison, for something he did not do, he couldn't find Fezzik. He didn't know where he was or why he was there. I think I finally got to really act out some of the difficulties we see with these scouts um, that as leaders, we have a hard time dealing with because we're not used to knowing what they really need. Um, 
So when Corrin completely loses his mind and starts trying to tear apart the, the dungeon and starts trying to slam the orc guard who had no harm or foul or any reason outside of he's just a guard in the dungeon. I mean, even you said multiple times, hey, hey, I'm not I'm not trying to do anything here. I'm just doing my job kind of stuff. I mean, but. <laughs> but I mean, it gave me an opportunity to show what it was like from the perspective of that scout. I knew he wasn't really in trouble. I knew I was going to be out in 30 seconds or less. I knew the three of us could just walk right through the prison door. It was pointless to put us in it. But that said, being able to show Corrin's thoughts of, why did this happen to me? I didn't do anything wrong. I just risked my life trying to save them. Why am I locked up in jail for something I didn't do? Getting to illustrate that was fun. And then the second part would be when Thandor fell at the last battle uh, and just watching the scope of his feelings towards his friends and what Corrin is willing to commit to because of it. Um, Corrin, who relies so heavily on his wild shape, burned everything in anger the moment Thandor dropped. Uh, so just complete rage turned into a fire monster and just start running at things. And then obviously the big bad guy, Talgon, is standing right there. And the only thing that Corrin could see was the, the he was a halfling, right? Yeah. Um, Alton Brown, Alton Andrews, the halfling. And that's all Corrin could focus on. And again, I think that's another excellent example of what do you have when you have one of these children who just completely loses their mind over something that's manageable? What do you get? And in both instances, Fezzik was the only one who was able to snap Corrin out. And in a lot of cases, as scout leaders, we have to find a way to be that person for these kids who are having trouble. They've got a lot to offer. And I like to think that Corrin helped out a lot along the way. He had his role in the team. But in order to do that, he needed Fezzik to be that counterbalance to stand in front of him. Hey, don't eat the guard. He's just doing his job. Uh, Corrin, the bad guy's that way. Go, go chase the other one down. Things like that. So that was probably my favorite part, just finally getting myself getting the confidence to start playing out that role, being the little manic teenager, and then actually getting to truly illustrate some of the challenges we as leaders do for children who aren't even ours, but we're still more than happy to do it. We, that's what we signed up for. Um, if I were going to change anything, um, my organizational skill, because I hate to tell you this, uh, Rachel, I actually have a Google Doc that has all of the characters that we've met along the campaign with who they are and what they've asked us to do. And I thought I shared it to you in the beginning. I'm you sorry if I didn't. You remember, um, but, but man, that would have been helpful. <laughs> um, I will, I call it the campaign vault. I do this for all of my campaigns, but I track all of our inventories, usually our quests. Um, it's part of my OCD. Um, I like to have everything written out and so I know who I'm interacting with. Um, but maybe that's something Dave, you and I can get with. And on the next campaign, we can publish it on the Leaders and Legacy site. Uh, and that way people can see who we're talking about. And when they get to episode 40, go back, oh, wait a minute, 
they met this person back in episode 39 yeah, yeah, that, or that wouldn't 22 hurt. Yeah, or whatever. With my background in improv, uh, I mean, that's the reason we have 20 characters named Nandu. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like, yeah, you got that thing in your back pocket. What's the weird name? Nandu. Um, so, yeah, no, yeah, we absolutely, yeah, I think, yeah, we can you know, definitely uh, try to enhance some of the, the things available for listeners. Um, so, yeah, cool. Uh, go ahead. But I think that it does. I, was gonna say, I think so, that yeah, answers uh, the three questions. I guess that, that puts me last last because I didn't roll. Um, but yeah, thank you all for doing this. See, this was just kind of an idea that like it's I was listening to podcasts during COVID going, I think my group is fun enough. We could do one and that people would find it interesting. Um, so yeah, thank you for proving me correct <laughs> on that. Um, I've yeah, had a blast kind of pulling this together and it's it. Yeah, as tedious as it can be sometimes, especially, you know, I, I hope you, you guys probably have realized by now I he- heavily edit myself more than I edit you all. Um, Cause there's a lot of stuff where I over explain stuff and it's just like chop. Yeah. Let's take that. Yeah. Take all of that and have it. Yeah. As I'm doing right now where I'm double explaining, double explaining. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, some of my favorite moments, you know, my first favorite moment was I spent a lot of time pouring over the very first episode and just, I was blown away with the performances that you guys gave in that, because you know, there wasn't a lot of set pieces at that point. So it was really nice to be able to explore and take some time with each of your characters. And you all made really interesting choices. And you know, Rachel, you were kind of the easiest one to set up because you had this orc fixation and it's like I, I, you know, if, if she wants an orc we'll give her an orc but yeah make it one that she may want to hesitate on killing because um, I think there's some good storytelling that came out of that so all three of those performances were amazing and I think really set the stage for everything that came to fruition after that and one of the things I really loved, and this is more of a general moment that kind of stretches across all of it is you all were really good at setting up certain moments where I just felt like oh yeah this is where i have to insert this so yeah the prime example of that is when thandor and fezzik are talking about the glowing the glowing club at the yeah i think it's the the end of or the beginning of episode three so you all are um you know talking about you just found this glowing club and you're like isn't that neat and i'm like i'm thinking to myself that is really neat and i'm like wouldn't it be cool in that second is somebody actually verbalized that and that's how we got Anton, is I had this halfling barbarian older dude, um, but it became this younger dude <laughs> just out of the, hey, that is cool. <laughs> um, you know, uh, it carried on. Um, but there were moments throughout all of that. I mean, that's how we got the Phyllis with the light character <laughs> um, from Thandor's Prayer. Um, you know, if you're going to pray to somebody, you have them be real. And Phyllis is a name. <laughs> um yeah but uh you know and actually half the fun is listening to the story that you all would kind of roll out and i would be able to pick something that is like oh that theme seems to fit and you know it, it made naming these episodes a lot of fun so um you guys you know, really i think gave me a lot of material to work with um you know the fact that you guys yeah one of my favorite episodes titles is oh what lies on the road ahead because <laughs> uh, you guys get really got into playing with the head <laughs> of the the thing that you you had decapitated you all really lit my imagination on fire but you know i do think part you know it was very frustrating for me as a dm but you know when you're listening to it how quickly and how you know as a unified as a group you are at escaping those cells (laughs) uh, 
<laughs> um, you guys were really playing your characters really, really well. Um, Most people escaping the cells. <laughs> we'll just we'll, we'll just leave it at that. That is Stanton in a nutshell. Whereas, yeah, Thandor, yeah, where's my pants? <laughs> really, yeah, really kind of sold that whole scene for me. Because um, it's like, okay, yeah, he'd be frustrated. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it just, there were time after time after time where you guys were yeah, setting stuff up that you could then, you know, knock down. And it made my job as a DM very easy because all I had to do was keep upping the stakes and, you know, letting you guys move through it. Dave, I could say um, you make season two hard. Right. That's why I was asking some questions on how you set this up. I mean, you are a master of improv. We threw, Seth and I talked about this weekend, we threw some crazy things that I, this whole group did, right? Um, th this was an amazing group. I, I know I said it earlier in my, in my part, but you handled us, right? Um, you didn't let us go too far and you had the ability to pull, to challenge us. Right. This would have been easy to steamroll as, as you know, several of us are experienced players. It would have been easy to steamroll, but you challenged us with a lot of things that weren't combat. Um, and, and I really appreciate that. I, I, I think combat is a small part of this game. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I sent, so if this is going to go on the podcast, I sent a text to, to the group earlier today talking about season two and how I have it all mapped out. It's all up here. It really is. And if everybody on the, that's going to be playing wants a heads up, you can go read all 209 Grim Fairy Tales and figure out which ones I'm going to pick. Um, but I've already decided on some of the names. Um, Dave will love this. It's going to be my soundtrack from the 80s. So there'll be, um, yeah, so that's the, right? So, but I was making it work. There's going to be a lot of Susie and the Banshees, Cure, Depeche Mode, Van Halen. Def Leppard, right? Um, but it works. When I was when I was thinking about it, actually, it was today on the ride home, Seth, after the Apple House, I was listening to Susie. Yeah, yeah right. Um, Echo's a little little bit of '90s. Uh, you know, Echo was actually um, they're they're an interesting group because they were produced by Ray Manzarek, and we really from the Doors, if everybody doesn't know, um, we really thought they were going to be bigger than they ever became. Right. And they are a direct descendant of Cure, Depeche Mode, all, all those, all those, uh, Susie and the Banshees, all those uh, early 80s, 70 punk bands. Um, but yeah, um, listen to Susie and the Banshees on the way home after I left the Apple House with Seth this morning on the way to dropping off a bunch of kids for a, from a big scouting event where we hiked half the group hiked nine miles, the other half the group <laughs> hiked 17 miles because they just didn't read the map correctly, um, including the adult leaders. But that, that's okay. Um, but yeah, I was just like, oh my gosh, these Susie and the Banshee songs fit into exactly what I want to do. And I, I, right. So Dave, how much does our childhood influence how we DM is the question I want to ask you is um, because you are brilliant at naming the, the podcast, but looking back at your, and the question I think all of us want to ask you is um, looking back at your experience as a child playing D&D, your improv experience. How did that prepare you for what we threw at you? 
child D and D was probably it was very you know very stiff and very kind of third person ish. So yeah, it uh, yeah I wouldn't say that you know, but it, it did inspire me to want to learn a lot more. But I think from improv, what you know kind of helped is there's there's a technique for scenes that yeah you know, basically asks the performer to look for the seat the game within the scene. And you're like, okay, that's what the game of this is. Um, so in certain episodes, the game of a particular episode might be, be you know, uh, become about teasing and amping up everyone's kind of uh, energy around, oh, Stanton is, you know, gave up being a king. And you guys all fed into that. Yeah, what the, what the, what the, what the, what the listeners don't know is while all that was going on, I created a whole flyer for the Druids of Destiny and Stanton Upperfield. <laughs> And posted it in the chat for everyone to see. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. A lot of times it was just early on in each episode, listening for what you know seemed to be the the beats that people were hitting, and going, okay, if that's working, let's do more of that. If if it wasn't working, okay, let's move on and figure out how to 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 get somewhere else. Like, yeah, you know, I think probably the episode that it's most obvious and you know, that it wasn't working and then we did at least pick it up at the end is the, the episode where Thandor's off by himself and he gets approached by hesitantly named Karen. Yeah, you know, needed to dovetail her in. And in fact, it came down to a choice between Karen and Phyllis. Was it Phyllis with the light? Um, there were two or three p- possible people that were could be being held by you know, Talgon, and you know, I was going to let play decide who it was. Though that was a beat where we had to, I you know, took a little bit for me to recover from, but other other places, you know, like especially like that's how we got on the riffs about mini muffins. There were just times where you know, like the the battle that got you all into the the orc grove had some nice beats where it needed to be scary, but it also needed to be funny. Which that yeah, you know, for for me the funniest moment is when you guys decide Omega is throwing you know little stones back down that you can you use to do damage. And you you throw them back at him. <laughs> um, yeah, that 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 to me is is just yeah, um, perfect you know character play because. <laughs> Like, yeah, here's somebody trying to troll you and you trolled him right back. Um, So, yeah, I think it's just looking for the game inside each episode. That's what made them easy to identify the name of. Like, yeah, the, the, the my favorite name for an episode probably has to be Escape from Witch Mountain, which is using the... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the old Disney film film name, but it's a you know it, it's using a different type of witch and yeah, um, yeah. Everybody, yeah, I think you guys played the confusion up enough, but you also escaped very quickly. So it uh, you know had a yeah you know, some nice tension and uh, drama to it, but uh, in a fun way. <laughs> but what I thought was hard for you with some of our meta game, right? So we do know we hear each other what's happening, but I thought you did a really good job of of controlling some of that. And I think all of us as players did too. Um, I, I think it's hard in this format when we're doing a podcast to be able to pull someone to the side and say, but I do know there were text messages and chats going back and forth, right? Um, and that's what I like about this. It's a lot easier to send a text to Dave. This is what Thandor is going to do or what Thandor is thinking versus them passing a note at the table. Right, because now everybody knows what Hex Cooper's up to. Um, I I would like to add to that in the fact that playing with you guys, we we all, I mean, with Dave's mastery of the meta, and with the fact that we all like are overhearing and are reading the the text chat, which unfortunately our re, our here our listeners um, have not been able to see. Um, but 
Thank goodness. <laughs> well, I'm going to get to that. That's the second point that I want to throw out there. Um, but the fact that the five of us or the six of us have really, I mean, you hear us constantly sitting there saying, I want a gameplay decision. How would this like impact things? And we do, I know that's a lot of that got edited out, but we do have a lot of effort going in that we're trying to keep true to our characters and that the that we all really want our character to be who we are saying they are. And I, I've DM'd a bunch of other games and I could tell you, you know, Seth, Seth, that's a huge point because I don't want to say goodbye to Fandor. Neither do I. At the end of the campaign, I'm ready to say goodbye to this character. I think there's still story, Dave, to tell, right? I, I really do. I, it, it's going to be a small linkage to season two will be a small linkage to you. Um, but I think it, I'm going to give you enough to play off of. But um, I think these characters have, I don't think the story's over. I, I, you know, even in my mind, the way, yeah, even the way this, the battle ended, right? Um, like I said, we have a king in our party. He can't really do what a king or what he did before. He's got responsibilities. Um, Nor can he do what he did before to avoid being a king. You know, you, you only get away with that, quite, you know, but that's these are these are things that figure out in season two, season three. But yeah, yeah, I know, I know you have a volunteer to take over the position if you choose to abdicate, <laughs> which is a scary enough thought. Yeah, with his own squirrel scarred. One thing the players didn't say, I, I do, <laughs> I do want to bring something up. It's one thing the players didn't say is, um, and I hope you put this in the podcast, Dave is we redid a whole episode, right? And I, I think that's really good as a DM watching you do that because there was a, I won't, I won't unless you guys name yourself, it was unlike what the character would normally do. And you picked up on it and you read that and the character said that in the episode um, as we're playing that. And you picked up on that. And I thought that was really brave of you to go ahead and let's recast that whole episode because that would have sent, I really do, you know, thinking about that, I don't know how that would have affected the outcome, right? Um, but I, I'm very appreciative that you picked up on on how we feel and pick up on how we say things and, you know, let our decisions. Yeah, it's interesting. That's one of the things that, you know, um, you know, that I've kind of been paying a little bit more attention to. And I'll share a video with you guys all on the in the Discord. And I guess if you want in on the Discord, you you know, you do get access via the uh, um, yeah, the our oh gosh, what is it now? Patreon. Patreons do get access to the to you know. So, uh, but you know, I think it's Steve. <laughs> That's you. Um, but yeah, uh, um, it. One of the things that's you know is more and more a part of the community, and I think we definitely need to incorporate it in our rules. Is you know is the the idea of safety tools so that you know there's hard boundaries and things that people don't want to go past. But one thing that you know um, you know I was watching a video by this DM called Sly Flourish, um, and he has a tool in there in the middle of his set where he talks about a whole bunch of the other ones, um, and it's it's just can we pause for a sec? 
And that gives anybody the time, yeah, the time to, it could be just kind of a reset. Are you sure we want to do this or that? And, you know, can move on or you can raise a, you know, it's less threatening than some of the other ways so that that way we're all feel empowered to kind of back away from something that, you know, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable at any, at any point. I know, um, you know, uh, the, you know, there were a couple times where, you know, I, I was worried, <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll say, and, you know, the, the, yeah, definitely the one where we, you know, we reshoot, we reshot the, uh, the whole episode, um, you know, from a different angle, um, you know, I, I think was necessary to, to preserve the integrity of your characters, as well as just, you know, the, you know, I had, I, I'd gotten an idea, but I hadn't, you know, it, I had planned it in a vacuum. But, you know, Dave, Dave, but you know, um, we reshot that because you heard what we said, right? And that was very important that it wasn't, it was, it, it didn't fit, right? I, I think all of us understand where you're going. It was funny to the players at that time, except for the one player, uh, but it was funny to us. And I think it would have made, uh, it would have been a great, it would have added to the, 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 I'm trying to find a good word. It would have added to the show. It would have, right? Um, but it didn't feel right for the player that directly involved. And I, and you know, I think all of us appreciated that you were able to say, "Let's go ahead and go back." And nobody argued, right? Everybody was like, "Yeah." I, and player agency is yeah, important. I, I thought that was really good, and that's something I took away from this: is you know, be mindful of you guys and your feelings right. as we go through this. Because it is a shared story. As we said, this is shared storytelling. This isn't Dave's story. This is our story. And, and I thought that 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 was a very great thing that you did there. So when I first started re or restarting DMing for different groups, I have a group of scouts that I run what I refer to as the minion campaign. And a couple of them are pretty sensitive scouts to different subjects. Um, so when we got in there, I was like, okay, look, I can't promise that I'm not going to introduce a subject or introduce a situation that you're all going to be 100% comfortable with. Um, but I can do this. And one of the things that they recommend in the Pathfinder book is that you actually take a piece of paper and you do this big red X and you put it in the middle of the table. And you say, look, no questions asked. If there's ever a moment in time that you feel that something is not right, not comfortable, not appropriate, whatever, put your hand on the X and I will stop immediately and refactor the entire situation. And along with what Chris is saying, I think you effectively, I mean, we are all in different places all over the place, but you did effectively put a big red X in the middle. And when we spoke up, you refactored the situation based on what we were talking about. Chris, one tool that's available freely on uh, Roll20 um, is the, they, they have the X card um, pack. So you, we can you start using X's and O's as well. But I, you know, I think, right. you know, yeah, that, you know, that would be for like, you know, big things. I think if it's something small that you just kind of want to do a head check to make sure everybody's okay, I, you know, would highly recommend we use the, the um, you know, uh, can we pause for a second? It's it's very uh -huh. non-threatening. It's very you know it you know it's it um you know it it's a reasonable request. <laughs> Mike Shea, Sly First, local boy. By the way, come come sign up for our podcast. We sign up for yours anyway. 
Uh, I hate to do this, but my son just called. I have to walk his dog. He and his wife are celebrating their anniversary. It's Halloween tomorrow, and they're out celebrating tonight. So I need to step away. Uh, I've this to me is the best part of the conversation, the afterwards. But I got to go right. take care of these dogs. So yeah, see you, see you, George. Yeah, love you, George. Man, take care. All right, we'll we'll talk we'll talk again there. And now it's time once again for your dungeon master moment with our very own dungeon master. Leaders and Legacies would like to thank you for joining us for Season 1. Season 2 will be coming out in January of 2023, so look forward to seeing those episodes. Might even be able to see them live streamed, but uh, we'll talk more about that as we get closer. So uh, thank you for joining us. If you have questions, you can always email me at uh, dave.rockwell.email at gmail.com. There are many different ways that you can support Leaders and Legacies. Number one, by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash leadersandlegacies. You can also give us a five-star review on your favorite pod-catching platform. Leaders and Legacies has merch available at tpublic.com slash leadersandlegacies. Um, you know, usually there's about 35% off. Sometimes it's only 20, sometimes it's none, but yeah, uh, just wait for a sale. We'd love to have you purchase some of our Leaders and Legacies merch, which is, of course, extremely beautiful. Thanks to the amazing artwork of Catherine Evans, who designed our logo, and Jenna Vincent, who designed our amazing Gateway of the Gods image. If you would like to uh, purchase those things, just head over to Tee Public right now so you can purchase posters, t-shirts, all kinds of crazy merch. It's available there at Tee Public. Um, if you would also like, you can visit us at leadersandlegacies.com. You may also follow us on Twitter at Leaders in Legacy. Um, you know, too many letters uh, to put the whole title. So uh, we are also on Facebook also, if you'd like to play D&D with me, you can head over to startplaying.games and uh, sign up for either one of my campaigns that'll be starting up in January. Also, maybe teaching some improv classes over there for role-playing. You can also hire me as a DM for your particular group. Look for all the links in the show notes down below. Now the legal bits, we are not affiliated with Wizards of the Coast or the Boy Scouts of America. All opinions expressed are purely our own. We do highly recommend you get involved with both organizations because, well, who doesn't like to have fun? Wishing you all the happiest of New Year's and we'll see you in 2023. For Leaders and Legacies, I'm your dungeon master dave rockwell chris will be taking over those duties in the new year and never forget to remember so i feel like the mountains will kind of trap him in a little bit